Welcome to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Okay, continuing from part one, this is part two here, and I have more information regarding some emails that, of course, were sent my way and some more documentation that I'm going to read through, a little bit of audio I'm going to play, uh, and potentially a few other things here. But we're talking about the same Kentucky school district here, Nelson County, Kentucky. And, uh, okay, it, it reads as this, the email. Quote, the superintendent did eventually have all photographs and last names removed from students on the gift showcase page, personal student websites. One board member was livid that so much info was available to the public. I think it was their strongly worded meeting with the superintendent that helped make that change. Again, just to review, they were putting all of the pictures of these kids and these students on Google. They weren't blurring out their names, and as I've said in the past, this is a fireable offense. You can't do that with minors. You can't do that without the written permission from their parents that you're doing such a thing. And again, because it's on Google, it's available to anyone, including those in foreign countries. It almost looks like they're shopping these children around. It's absolutely horrible. Um, it continues the email stating, quote, January started more discussion about the quote-unquote ecosystem. Only this time there was a parent that FaceTimed into the meeting to rave about the gift projects and how her child was loving school. Also at this meeting was an assistant principal, or the assistant principal. She never comes to the SBDM meetings. Having somebody, uh, having somebody FaceTime in on a meeting like this to rave about the program is a setup. All of that was scripted. They don't do that um, by accident. That's all done on purpose, to, to say the least. It continues, quote, we had to hire two teachers at this point, middle school math and virtual academy, which used to be the literacy specialist. Two have left. I also knew at least, at least four more were looking for positions in the middle school year. Very unusual. Attached, you'll find interview materials for the teaching positions. Try not to let your eyes bleed while reading it. And I will read them because it's absolutely awful. So these are the kinds of questions, for example, that they'll ask uh, that they'll ask the teachers that are coming in and that they're interviewing. It's really insulting. Um, and then the email finishes up by saying, "Quote: I also found out in January that there has been increased surveillance, not for student safety, but to make sure teachers are not leaving too early and are not gathering in groups. Also, not an accident." And the surveillance of teachers within K-12 schools is something that has been going on for a very long time. They'll use the PA system in the school buildings to overhear teachers and eavesdrop on teacher conversations. They'll use the cameras to monitor teachers as to where they're going. And they'll use the key fob devices that they use sometimes to enter the school buildings, in particular if they use a key fob electronic entrance device, to calculate the times in which teachers show up and the times in which they leave. Even if it's in the middle of the day and they have an errand to run, they still keep track of all of that, and then they tend to use it against the teacher whenever possible. So there's a document here that's titled, The World Awaits, Course Guide. It's about nine pages long, ten pages long, and uh, again, there's no way that the district created this themselves. They had to have just stolen this from some other plan and then just popped in their own their own information, uh, or their own logos, to say the least. But the word usage, there's no way that people in the district actually created this. Uh, the, the first page says priorities. 
And there are three, apparently. Apparently, they only have three priorities. The first one says, energize student awareness for industry sectors. It says, the world awaits course energizes student awareness of the high-demand industry sectors and the high levels of diversity within those industries. And there's a symbolism thing here that needs to be highlighted. They have a, a drawing of a flame above this energize awareness for industry sectors section that they've decided to put their own logo on top. And here's how I describe the flame. The flame is Arabic calligraphy that represents Allah. It's just reversed. It's just flipped. This is a red county in Kentucky is using Arabic calligraphy and the flame of, of Allah to represent their whatever, one, one particular segment of this entire thing. In fact, the, the actual Im imagery itself, the energized student awareness, I mean, they use it over and over and over again. Now, so a novice would look at this and say, well, it's just a flame. Or they might not even notice it as a flame. Or they might think, well, it's just about energizing and igniting. There are lots of pictures of flames that you could use. But Arabic calligraphy, that literally stands for Allah, I'm not sure that's exactly what should be used here. None of this should be used, of course, but that right there should just show people that very uh, countless individuals are very ignorant when it comes to symbolism. But the people who actually created this, they knew exactly what they were doing. The next priority is a picture of uh, some, uh, I don't know, students sitting around a table all looking at each other, and it says, Explore the gifts of our community. The World Awaits course allows students to explore the gifts of our community through a variety of interactions and site visits. And then the last one is a picture of a backpack, and it says, Engage in community learning experiences. The World Awaits course challenges students with authentic community-centered learning experiences based around the high-demand sectors. And then they basically have elementary, kindergarten, second grade through fourth grade, uh, so on and so forth. And then middle school electives and uh, I would assume high school electives as well. But let me read this particular email from Vanessa because it highlights exactly what, uh, what she's talking about and what, what all this paperwork essentially means. It says, quote, January meeting also had a course guide, which is the one I'm reading now, uh, we had to look at to approve for the next year. It will put kids on a course path toward a career starting in kindergarten. Finally, the stewardship st strategic and stewardship alignment, formerly called a district and school budget. As it was explained to us in the February meeting, we set a plan for the future for our school, our goals, priorities, etc., and then we find the funding we need if it aligns with our district vision. This is, of course, confused as, confused the hell out of me. How is this legal? I also emailed District Chief Financial Officer. She replied with an equally confusing answer and carbon copied the principal in the email because no move I make in the district can be made without it coming back around to her or the superintendent after the December board meeting. Also attached are the word salad slide decks provided by the district and a video of the principal that the video the principal did after I emailed the CFO. 
I'll get to that audio in a little bit, but I want to keep going through this uh, World Awaits document. So it has charts, particular charts, uh, and again, it looks like the different subsections that they have of the professions, so to speak, that they want to indoctrinate your kids to engage in from kindergarten, I might add. It says uh, law and public service, business administration and marketing, and then environmental agriculture, tourism, and hospitality. Uh, I, uh, this is just so confusing and so inappropriate and so unnecessary. And I've said it time and time again that when they reinvent the wheel, the wheel that they're reinventing doesn't need to be reinvented. And then what they reinvent is always worse than whatever was there before. It's never, ever better. It's never better. This is way, way worse. Transportation, architecture, logistics, and construction is another section. And then they have STEM broken down, IT, advanced manufacturing. And then this is the final quote on the last page. And it says, quote, focus is something that comes alive. It gets shaped and reshaped by the interactive forces of collaboration, deep learning, and accountable actions, unquote. All Marxist gibberish. All of it. Reshape, that word. Interactive forces, that word. Collaboration. And then, of course, deep learning and accountable actions. Those are all, it's all Marxist lingo. All of it. To the unsuspecting eye, they wouldn't know, but it certainly is. All right. This last piece of audio here that I want to play, or I guess the only piece of audio here that I'm going to play, is a video of one of the district members describing the program and what you're going to hear it's a, it's it's two two and a half minutes long uh they're a salesman they sound like a salesman that's exactly what this is they're trying to sell this program to people it only has 87 views i've been three of those views and it has absolutely no comments below it whatsoever but give this a listen Team, we're excited for you guys to start this process at the local school level. For the past couple years, uh, we've seen the power of place really take off in your schools as you guys have really rethought what does it mean to gather in a place, what do we want that place to feel like and look like, and how does it inspire us to do uh, work that we know is really important as we rethink the experience of our students in school. The intention of this Energy Lookbook is to shift from looking at one specific school to looking at 12 schools across our district. The power of place is alive, and we want local teams to invest heavily in thinking about their space and what story they want to tell in their buildings. Over the next several months, you'll see a lot of things come to life. From now until the end of February, you and your school team have an opportunity to think about what is it that we value? What is the story that we want to tell? What do we want to create in the spaces in our building? At the end of February, we'll do school walkthroughs in every space. And Emily Conley from Big Echo will be here with us to think about the branding and design of those places. March, April, and May will give time for our creative team and Emily to really think about what those brands look like and how you want that to come to life in your space. June and July will provide an opportunity for our facility team to prepare that space and think about what needs to occur for that branding to really come to life. And in August, we hope to be able to begin install in all of those spaces so that when kids are welcome back at the end of August, we're going to have spaces come to life. We're going to see the power of place in unique ways across all of our schools. And we're excited for that opportunity uh, when our kids return in August 2021.
The Energy Lookbook is divided into three collaborations. The first collaboration looks at the gifts that each of you bring to the table. and begin thinking about what story do we want to tell as a school and what story are we currently telling. Collaboration two really allows you to think about how the spaces in your building unite people, place, and purpose and what we want that to be. And then collaboration three really allows you as a team to think about what are your priorities, both for the walkthrough with Emily, but also for your facility lead. As we think about the spaces that we want to create when students come back into our buildings in August. Moving forward in this process, we know this is the first time that many of you have ever thought about facilities in this way and think about your spaces and the power of place. Our goal is to help you through that process. Brooke will be working with your lead energizers to ensure that they have support uh, for these collaborations. We're excited to see the power of place come to life through this work. Again, the lingo there. If it's unsettling or it sounds strange, it should because it is. Power of place, quote unquote. What the hell is that? It's a slogan. It's a slogan of an entire program. It's indoctrination. It's vernacular that, it, that, that is purposefully carried out by these unwilling, moronic administrators who don't care about what they're actually doing. They're either so dumb that they believe that they're actually making a school a better place, or they're just doing it because they're receiving some financial kickback or they're doing what they're told, and they're doing what they're told because they don't want to lose their job. It's that simple. And then you heard the word space all the time, branding of place, and then telling a story in a school. None of this has anything to do with education. All of this has to do with selling children, selling an idea, just selling and buying, selling and buying. That's not what education is supposed to be. That's not what a school environment is supposed to be. But they think that if they paint the walls different or they put up slogans all over the place or they rearrange desks a particular way, which you know will include more social distancing and mask wearing and yelling at students for not wearing masks, and then having computers all over the place to suck the life out of them using 5G and God knows what else. All of this has nothing to do with education. It has nothing to do with reading, writing, and arithmetic. It has nothing to do with phonics. It has nothing to do with putting a book in a child's hand that's nonfiction, I might add, and having them learn to read nonfiction. These students that will come out of this school district will be unproductive zombies. That's exactly what they're producing, and they don't care that they're producing it. Or, like I said, they're so dumb that they don't know that they're producing it. So I'm going to end this particular part of this series with an email that was sent to me by Vanessa Hurst in reference to her son and what her son experienced just this past Monday. And it says, quote, My son was telling me that the entire middle school was punished for something a few kids were responsible for. They said their mask break time was cut down to five minutes, and they were told that, quote, We are a family and we rise and fall as a family, unquote. Is this true? Could you please clarify what is going on and why? I understand if my son has done something wrong, but to punish everyone for the actions of a few hardly seems fair. Thanks. The school principal replied, Hi, I appreciate you reaching out. Over the past several months, 
Several teachers, Mustang leadership groups, have been working to create structures to support our students and create a safe learning environment. With inconsistencies from class to class and having all of our students back in the building together, it has required us to move forward with the suggestions from teachers in our admin team. Previously, students were able to use cell phones based on each teacher's classroom rules. We have had issues and will no longer allow usage from 8 to 3.15 p.m. We created a recess time for middle school as a privilege for students and also for a mask break. From the beginning, we articulated this was a privilege and if we had issues with that time, students would no longer be able to go out. This is what it has come to. As always, if a student requests a mass break, teachers can show them locations to do so. We will continue to provide class-wide breaks after lunch when we can move to a larger location to socially distance. Have a great week. So says the principal. And then the parent replies, Vanessa replies and says, it still doesn't answer why, I, why it's necessary to punish everyone. I find it hard to believe so many kids in middle school are so bothersome that they must all be punished. As for the cell phones, it's no skin off my nose. My kid doesn't even have one. The principal replied, Good morning. At this time, that is all I am able to discuss. Thank you for your understanding. That is a typical administration response. Not to mention, they create a ridiculous policy like having recess in middle school and then use it against students in a way to have them use it as a mask break instead of an actual recess. First of all, you shouldn't have recess in middle school anyway, period. Number two, you shouldn't use it as a privilege or something that they earn when in fact it's just for a mask break and then when a few students misbehave, you take it away from everybody. This is how, <laughs> this is ridiculous. This is just how easily school district quote unquote leadership fails. They'll even create something out of thin air and they can't even follow their own policy or their own nonsense creation. They can't even follow that. What makes anybody believe that they can redesign an entire school building that will somehow be successful? Again, this whole process, this whole plan will cave in immediately. And the easiest way to have it cave in and the fastest way is to have parents pull their students out permanently. Don't virtual school through the district. Don't do any of that. Pull them out of the entire school district. And if those parents say, well, you know, we can't or whatever, there are always workarounds. There are, if you have students who are in middle school or high school aged, frankly, they should be learning on their own by that time. They should all be learning on their own. And if they have siblings, even better. They should be helping one another and helping their siblings because that's what used to happen in the family. That's what used to happen before federalized education started to teach and, frankly, raise American students. So stay tuned for the next part where we're going to have a discussion with Vanessa Hurst about all of this. As she's been the one providing this information Kudos to her. She's an American patriot, tons of courage, and uh, we hope to get maybe even some more parents chiming in on what's going on in American schools, but time will tell, so stay tuned for the next part. Thank you for listening to American Education FM.
Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.
Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.